0: Are you ready for the word? I want, to, I want to get into something that's really basic. Just give me 15 minutes. <laughs> and uh, I really want to be fast this morning. I want, to, I want to get into something that's basic, but I believe crucial for the body of Christ to understand and know. Are you guys with me? And the message in this morning, I will kind of take a lot of stuff that was preached, especially over the last three four months. Um, we've really gotten into great revelatory Messengers, come on, how many know if you can agree to that? And I wanna take this morning to kind of just tie it all together and run it off. Are you guys with me? And I know that you'll be blessed by the message in this morning. If you can open your heart, you can open your ears, you can open your spirit and, and receive into your spirit the words that God will be releasing into the atmosphere. Are you guys with me? Amen. So I'll be together. I'm not going to get into a point, one, two, three, four, five message. It's going to be one thought flowing to another, which means that if you miss one thing, you will miss what I want to state at the end. And it will then not make sense. So I will need you to stay with me throughout this message. Are you guys with me? Again, stating it's something basic. It is something simple. So you should be able to catch it fairly easily. But that being said, you know, the majority of times it is the small things. The basic things in life that cause us also to miss the big things and the significant things. And so when we speak about the methodologies of God, His principles, His precepts, His laws, when we speak about the ways of God, it is missing the small things that will also prevent many and can cause many not being able to move in the supernatural power of God. You know, when we look at the book of Exodus, we find Moses speaking. Exodus chapter 33 verse 13, and this is out of the NLT version. And this man is making this profound statement. After having had many encounters with the living God, Man, I'm speaking about 40 days in the very glory of God, twice. And after all of this, he's making this statement. And he's saying that if it is true that you look favorably on me, Let me know your ways so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. You see, this man understood a principle. He knew that for me to know God, I need to know his ways. It is time for the church to step into a place where they cry out, My God, oh my God, that I may know your ways show me your ways but you need to understand why you cry and speak and ask that question it is so that you can know God how many of you in this morning can say that I want to know God then you will need to know his ways You will need to know his ways. Moses asked this crucial question, not just for intellectual knowledge, but he asked it because he knew that if I can know God's ways, that that will cause me to be able to manifest the things that touches the heart of the Father. And that when I do that, favor, unquestionable favor, I'm speaking about uncommon favor, will clothe me like a mantle all the days of my life. If I may only know your ways, God. Again, I state when we speak about the ways of God, it is missing the small things that will prevent you from moving in the supernatural power of God. How many of you sitting here right now, and even those connecting online can say, Pastor Martin, man, that is my heart's desire, is to move in the supernatural power of God, where I can become a sign, meaning that I can enter into such a place, where I'm in a posture of submission, to such an extent that I become a divine expression, meaning giving out all of who God is, and of all that He is possible of. How many of you can say, that is me? I want to become that divine expression. Come on now. You will need to know the ways of God. Amen. If you're saying that is you, then this message is just for you. And then well worth listening to. Let's start. Are you ready? Put on the screen for me, Ephesians chapter 3, New King James, from verse 14. And this is Paul speaking, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, New King James. And he's saying that, listen, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is he doing? He's entering into a posture of submission. He's bowing down, he's entering into a state of worship. I'm giving you a very important key to become a sign of the living God. It starts by surrender. Stepping into a place where I become of this posture of submission. Where everything about my being says, my God, I need you. I am completely and utterly dependable on you. There is nothing that I can do without you. I submit my life and all that I am and that I have onto you. Are you guys with me? And if I quote any other verses now, just don't go there. Just stay with this passage of scripture until I say go there. Thanks, Stephanie. And go to the next verse. And it says, from whom the whole family, say the whole family, in heaven and earth is named. Listen, we need to understand that we read this stuff, but we don't take it personal. You are, each and every one of you looking at me right now, even over live stream, you are a part of this family. You form a part of the city of God, Zion, the body of Christ, which is a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden. You are a part of the family of God. I pray that the church will come to the realization of this truth that I've just spoken. Man, if you can only understand that you are a fellow citizen with all the saints. And a part of the household of God, how many things will change in your life? Remember when the Bible says in the second book of Peter, chapter 1, verse 5. Are you guys with me? I don't want to jump the gun yet. Let Let me just take it slow. Are you guys still with me? Don't go there now. It's just for reference. First book of Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Very well known passage of scripture. For you are a chosen generation. Come on. You were formed, created, and designed by God even before time began. Even before the foundations of this world. Which means that you were appointed to manifest at a set time. And when the fullness of time had come, you were born into this very day and into this very age. Which means that you were called by God to manifest. Here right now, in this generation, and in this very day, and in this very age. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And I love the second, I love this part. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous lights. Again, the Bible says, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 19, New King James, and it says, Therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with all the saints, members of the household of God. You are God's very own possession. He holds the title deed to your life. Listen, the wages for all your sins were paid in by full by the blood of the Lamb are you guys with me? The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 23, New King James and it says that the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, he holds the title deed to your life. You are his very own special people, his own possession and that title deed carries a seal and it is the seal of his spirit, the seal of the Holy Spirit which is also the seal of guarantee that confirms that you are sons and daughters of the most high God as the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the spirit himself testifies with our spirits say with my spirit man that we are indeed God's children now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory you are God's very own special people. His possession. Members of His very own households. Are you guys with me? Are we still at this verse 2? Sorry. This is not what I wanted to get into, but let's just carry on. Go for me to verse 16. Listen to this. Now it gets good. That He, speaking about God, would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit. Where? In the inner man. Where? Say in my inner man. Carry on. Listen to it. It gets good. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. That you being rooted and grounded in Remember this for where I'm going. This is crucial. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and length and depth and height. To what? To know the love of Christ that passes all knowledge. That you may be fought but listen to this with all the wow. Now on to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works. Come on now, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. God wants us to know something, and the thing that He wants us to know is the love of Christ. But this is not any type of a love, it is a love that passes knowledge. And so Paul explains that this is God's very intention with each and every one of us, that when we get to know the love of Christ, that is the moment I will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I will then be infused with God Himself. God wants to fill each and every one of us with Himself. And so Paul explains in verse 16 of this passage of Scripture, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. So God wants to fill us with himself. God wants to fill each and every one of us with himself. Where? In our innermost being. Say in my spirit man. Say again. Say in my spirit man. Say again. Say in my spirit man. And the very phrase that will make all of this a possibility It's knowing the love of Christ. It is not any love. It is the true love. It is the real love. In fact, the world did not know this love until Christ came on the scene. It is agape love. It is a God type of love. It is a sacrificial love. It is a love that says that I will give my love for my brother. not Meaning brother, not the one that you know. But anyone and everyone that I pass by, even if it's someone that I didn't, do not know. That I will go to the extent where I will lay down my life for them. That is the God type of love. And the love that I'm speaking about right now. Listen. I need to stick with the notes, otherwise I'm not going to get done. I may know the love of Christ. And in verse 19, 19 where it says to know the love of Christ, that word know comes from the Greek word conosco, which means to learn to know, to get to know so that I can become intimately familiar with. Which means that this is a mandate upon each and every one of us. We ought to, each and every one of us we ought to learn to know and get to know this love that is the true love, that is the love of Christ. So that we in turn can become intimately familiar with this love, that is the love of Christ. Please understand that when I become intimately familiar with this love, that is the love of Christ, that is becoming intimately familiar with the gospel. I'm preaching the gospel to you on this morning. That is the love of Christ. It is the gospel in its very essence. The love of Christ forms the very foundation of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 21, you King James. That it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is indeed the power to call upon the name of the Lord. That will produce the power of salvation and that will give man the ability to overcome but I cannot experience these realities in and through my life until I know the love of Christ because when the gospel is being preached to me that is when I receive and get to know the love of Christ that is the moment I come onto salvation and I'm being filled with the Holy Spirit so that is the first part that I need us to understand in this morning for where I'm going with this message say the love of Christ so I get to know the love of Christ that brings me on to salvation I receive the gospel. You guys with me? So remember that part. Now I'm going to get into a second part. This passage of scripture then speaks about the inner man. Which is a mystery to many. Amen. Because that's the part that cannot be seen. Or can it not? Say my inner man. Now I need to get into the second part. Please bear in mind the love of Christ when I receive the gospel. Amen. But I need to grow in this gospel. Amen. Becoming a sign, being poured out to a dying and broken world. Second part, inner man. Say inner man. Now you can put on the screen for me. First book of Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 16. New King James. Stay with me. Are we still together? Love the word. Okay. Well, I want you to read it and hear yourself say this. I mean, you the One, two, three. Wait, stop. What? Huh? Are we at a funeral or uh, okay? There we go, that's better. This is a wedding. Do you not know, I'm asking you, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? I'm going somewhere with this, stay with me. I know this is still basic. I told you it's basic, but hang on. The way that I'm going to put this thing together, you're going to love it. Are you guys with me? Many of you act like you don't know this. Because you don't know what happens in the temple. See, what I'm going to give you this morning is a revealing of the truth of the temple. You don't know what you carry and what it means when God says that you are the temple of God because you don't understand what happens in the temple. So you might know that you're the temple of God, but do I know what happens in this temple? Are you guys with me? And it's something so basic yet so powerful that it can change nations. Amen. You don't have to put this on the screen because of time. I don't have time to quote all of this. But you find the same Paul making the same statement that you are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that you the dwelling place of God in 1st book of Corinthians for those taking notes first book of Corinthians chapter six, verse 19 and 20. And then again, in first book of Peter chapter two, verse five, and put this one on the screen for me, this is kind of important Ephesians chapter two, let's start again from verse 19, New King James. And I've quoted the first part already. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Carry on. Listen to this. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, speaking about the Old Testament, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, carry on, In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Listen to verse 22. In whom you, this is speaking about you now, also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in where... In the spirits, Listen, all of these scriptures clearly states that we are the temple of God. But now Paul goes a little bit further and he explains in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22 right here. That you are more than just a temple. But that you have also become the tabernacle of God. Which means the dwelling place of God. And all of this happens in your innermost being. Okay. Remember when prophets stated that everything you're on this earth is a duplicate and a copy of what is in heaven? Remember that? So when we look at tabernacle, it takes us back to when Moses was instructed by God to build a tabernacle, meaning a place for him to dwell among his people. Amen. Stay with me. And the tabernacle consisted of the outer courts, inner courts, and holy of holies. What happened in the holy of holies? That is the place where the presence of God would come down so that the glory could fill the temple. Okay? And then when we get to the second book of Kings, we find Solomon reconstructing and rebuilding this tabernacle. And he's building this grand temple on the same model. Consisting of an outer court, inner court, holy of holies. What happens in the holy of holies? That is the place where the presence of God comes down and His glory fills the temple to such an extent that the priest could not stand to minister. And so you need to understand that there's a copy of that here on this earth in the New Testament. Because you are now the temple of God. Which means that you also consist of an outer court, an inner court, and the Holy of Holies. Bear with me, and that is your body, your soul, and your spirits, which means that your spirit man, your inner man, is the holy of holies of this temple. That is the place where the spirit of God fills you, so that His glory can fill the temple. Do we not just serve an amazing God. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying all of this. It's just time. Told you I'm going to be quick what's the time <laughs> okay I want to be done by 9.30 <laughs> Jesus help me <laughs> so now we have the love of Christ knowing the love of Christ that brings us on to salvation which causes us to be filled with the Holy Spirit that makes us the temple of God where God fills us amen which brings us to a third part that I need to touch on Love of Christ, inner man. Now we're going to get to a third part. The Bible explains that the moment the Holy Spirit falls us, starts to indwell us, that we become a river that starts to flow. And when we look at this river, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Put this on the screen for me. I want you to see it. Very well known verse. You can James, you are speaking about you, the what? I'm gonna get to something and you guys are gonna miss it. And it's about to bless you. Don't think you don't you think you know where I'm gonna go with this. Say I am the light of the world. Point. New sentence. A city set on a hill cannot be here. Okay. look at In fact, go for me to verse 15. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Amen. So when you become the light, you become a part of the city of God. Amen. But where does this light shine from? Now, now, let's, let's, just. I need you to understand a few principles now. I'm going to let the word explain the word. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 21, you don't have to put this on, it's just for reference, I don't have time to read everything, I'm just going to paraphrase. Revelation chapter 21, verse 22 and verse 23. This is John on the island of Patmos and he's having visions. And in this specific vision, he's saying that I saw this new city. But in this new city, there was no temple. Because God and the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, are its temple. So it's not that there is not a temple. He's saying that, listen, I saw this new city, but there's not a temple as the one that I know. But God and the Lamb are the temple of this new city. Bear that in mind. Are you guys with me? and that it had no need of a sun or a moon to give it light because the glory of God of the Most High illuminated the place, the city. So God and the Lamb is this temple and out of this temple, there's glory coming out, illuminating. And then it carries on and says, and the Lamb is its lights. Say, the Lamb is its lights. And then it says, and the Lamb is its light. So bear that in mind. There's this new city. God and the Lamb is its temple. And this temple then gives this light coming out of this temple. Giving light to the city. Are you guys with me? Now you will understand when the Apostle John explained in in John chapter 1, verse 1. I've quoted this so many times before. King James, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, this will make sense. And it says, continues, and in, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might. Believe this is speaking about you and I under the new covenants that we ought to in the same way bear witness of the light. Even more than that, we ought to become the light so that we can bear witness to others, so that the dying and the lost can believe and so receive salvation. He was not that light, but came to be a witness of that light. And I love this verse 9. It says, That was the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world, which means that you were lightened with the light of Christ the moment you... And then verse 40 speaks about this light, this word saying, and the word, the light. Because the word is light. The entrance of his word brings light. And this light, this word was made manifest and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Again, speaking truth, light. Are you guys with me? So Jesus came to this earth as the light of the world to enlighten men. So that we in turn might receive that light, be filled with that light, and even more than that, become that light, and even more than that, become an expression of that light to a dying and broken world. So, according to the Book of Revelation, when the Lamb becomes my light, I become the temple of God. Remember that everything on earth is a copy of what is in, in heaven. So if God and the Lamb is the temple in heaven, then there must be a copy of that here on this earth. And you are the temple of God here on this earth. And what does God do in the temple? That is the place where he manifests himself. And this temple is in a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And out of this temple flows a river. Are we still together? I love the word. Out of this temple flows a river. And the prophet Ezekiel explains this river. Now you'll understand this in greater context. In Ezekiel chapter 37, as the prophet says that I saw a temple, but it's not what he saw, it's who he saw. Because the book of Revelation clearly explains that God and the Lamb is the temple of this new city. So he saw God. And he's saying that, listen, I saw a temple. And out of this temple flowed a river of living water. First ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep until it reached such a height that one could no longer stand in it. Are you guys with me? And wherever this river goes, there is life. And so the book of Revelation clearly explains that out of the throne room and out of the Lamb flows a river of living water. And that where this river goes, there is the tree of life. I don't know if some is catching what I'm saying. You better listen. You better listen spiritually. Where this river goes, there is the tree of life. And this river now flows out of each and every one of you. This is not difficult. God and the Lamb is the temple, and out of Him comes light and flows a river. There's a copy here on earth. You are the temple. I've given you many scriptures. Become the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God. Which means if river flowing out of him, it's not flowing out of me because I'm not filled with his spirits. And where this river go, there is life. Where this river go, there is the tree of life. Are you guys with me? So you are the temple of God and this river must flow out of you. Say this river must flow out of me. Say again, this river must flow out of me. So the Bible makes the statement that this temple is in the city, set on a hill. And so when we speak about not neglecting the gathering of the saints, this now becomes crucial. If you want the things that I'm speaking about right now to flow in through your life. Are you guys with me? Say a city. One makes up a city, not just one house, not just one building. You cannot stand by yourself. There are many things that builds up a city. In fact, put on the screen for me, Psalm chapter 46. New King James, verse 4. I want you guys to see this. This is not going to, now we're going to get into it. Amen. I'll be together. Listen to this. There is indeed a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. The holy place, speaking about the city of God now, which is the holy place of what? Of the tabernacle, meaning the dwelling place of the Most High. Carry on. God is in the midst of her. She she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. Breaking of dawn speaks about the rising of the sun, which means the moment that I receive this light, there is a lifting up that will take place. And when that lifting up takes place, that is when I become the temple of God. That is after I have received the love of Christ Jesus and I've come on to salvation, being filled with the Holy Spirit, that causes me to become a river flowing out to a dying and broken world. But that makes me a temple and as there is light and a river flowing out of the temple in heaven there is river and a light coming forth out of me a temple of God here on this earth and when that happens that becomes the dwelling place of God which means like the rising of the dawn like the rising of the Sun I shall not be able to be changed nothing shall move me nothing shall shake me a city set on a hill that cannot be eaten No matter what the world says, no matter the persecution I go through, the storms that I'm facing, the fires I'm going through, I will not be shaken. I will not be tossed to and fro. I will remain steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that my labor is never in vain in His work. A city set on a hill that cannot be be hidden your gates shall be open says isaiah chapter 60 verse 11 that your gates shall be open continually they shall not be shut not day nor night so that the gentiles can bring their wealth into the city say a city so who's the city it is zion It is the church. It is each and every one of us coming together. It is the very body of Christ. Are you guys with me? And it says that the streams of this river shall make glad the city of God. Which means each and every one of you are a stream a temple and there's a stream of living water coming out and all of us coming together will form a river so mighty and so great and so big that nothing shall be able to stand against it and wherever this river go there will be what life say life listen psalm chapter you may be seated i'm doing good psalm chapter 36 verse 9 do have to put this on, oh, okay. it's fine, just leave it there, yeah, oh, that's good, thanks Steph, you're very fast, lightning, Bible speaks about sons of thunder, you're the daughter of thunder, that was a prophecy so by the way, if you're sensitive you would have picked that up, and it says this, David, King David speaking, And it speaks about the source of this river and the source of this light. Are you guys with me? He's saying, my God, my Lord, you. With you is the fountain of life. What is a fountain? It's something that produces water continually. With you are the fountain of life. And in your light, we see light. What a strange statement. In your light, I see light. What does that mean? It means the moment I receive the love of Christ and becomes filled with the Holy Spirit, I will then be able to understand spiritual truths. So in your light, I then understand light. Because the entry of His Word brings light. The Bible says, remember you've been involved by the Holy Spirit. Amen? 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 Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Come on encounter. Don't die on me now. I'm coming somewhere with this message, and I want you to get it. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, John chapter sixteen, thirteen. King James. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of Truth, of Light, is come, he will guide you into into all lights into all truth in your light I see light for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come in your light I see light so Jesus Christ is both the light and the fountain of the river of life are you guys with me you need to stay with me now in fact the Bible records Jesus having a conversation with a woman at the well. And he's saying that, listen, if you drink of this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall become a well of living water springing up into eternal life. Uh, We find again Jesus Christ making a profound statement. John chapter 6 verse 35 NIV. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me, as I have faith, and believes in me, will never be thirsty. So how does this river come out of me? I need you to understand something. Just because you are filled with the Spirit does not mean the river is flowing. That's where I'm going with this. So how does this river coming, how can I cause this river to start to flow? Don't put this on the screen because of time. I don't have time to read all of this. But John chapter 7, if you're taking notes, John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, explains that on the very last day of this great feast, that Jesus Christ stood up and cried with a loud voice and said, that if anyone thirst, let them now come unto me. Because for those who believe, as it is written and according to scripture, out of their hearts shall flow. Stay with me now. A rivers of living water. Listen, when it says out of your heart, don't think about your natural heart. The heart speaks about the innermost being, the spirit man. Are you guys with me? With my inner it speaks about my inner man. Don't have time to back it up now with scripture. Just take my word for it. Amen. And out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. But then he carries on to explain what is this river. Now it will flow out of your heart, because in the very next next verse, in verse thirty-nine, he then speaks about the Holy Spirit. And he's saying concerning, I'm speaking concerning the Holy Spirit. In fact, put on for me John chapter 7 verse 39. New King James. Okay. This is after he made the statement, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. And he's saying... But this He spoke concerning the spirits, whom those believing in Him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified, meaning He was not yet crucified. So who is this river that will flow out of your hearts? It says there, speaking concerning the Holy Spirit. I need you to understand, there's a reason why I'm saying it like that. Amen. Just because you are filled with the Spirit does not mean the river is flowing. I'll prove it. Are you guys with me? With a case study. So when the Holy Spirit fills me and starts to dwell on the inside of me, it will form a river that that will come forth out of my innermost being. It will come forth out of my mouth. And people will see it They will hear it and they should know it. How will they know it? They will know it by the signs that will accompany the words that you speak. In fact, you must become a sign to a dying and broken world being poured out. And you become, listen, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not just a matter of talk, but in demonstration of kingdom, a power. Are you guys with me? Please do understand that you are vessels of mercy. You are vessels of glory. You are vessels of light. You are vessels of this river of living water. Through whom the hearts of an infinite almighty God must break forth into a language that will set free a dying and broken world. That river must start to flow out of you. Otherwise there are a generation and nations that might face the pits of hell because you keep your mouth shut. And because you have not yet become the sign being poured out to a dying and broken world. I must become a sign. I must become a sign. And I can only become a sign when this river of living water starts to flow. Are you guys with me? The Bible says, you can be seated. Matthew, Mark chapter 16. I've quoted this so many times. Mark 16 verse 15. NIV. Now if you have a physical NIV, means ak lig nie nou vir julle nie. As You will not find this passage of Scripture in the NIV, physically. But there is a translation of the NIV. There's a reason why I want to quote the NIV. Amen. So, Mark chapter 16 from verse 15. And it's Jesus Christ speaking, saying, And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be Condemned, And these signs will accompany those who believe. In the New King James it says, and these signs will follow those who believe. So bear in mind, you must not follow the signs. The signs must follow you. In fact, you must become this very sign. Are you guys with me? So I must become a sign. So again, so I must become a sign. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 8, verse 18, King James, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwells in Mount Zion, which is the church, which is the Ecclesia, which is the body of Christ, the very city of God set upon you that cannot be hidden. Let's get back to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I do know where I am, I just carry on from wherever I stopped. And these signs will accompany those who believe. in. And he continues and explains the signs. And he's saying that in my name, they will drive up, they will cast out demons. This is not for you, this is for someone else. Now I'm serious, this first sign is not for you, it's for someone else. You receive this river, it's to cast out demons. The second sign, however, is for you. In my name, they will speak in new tongues. Are you guys with me? Listen. Jesus said that whoever believes that these signs will follow, you say me. Meaning, you will cast out demons, you will speak in new tongues, you will pick up snakes with your hands. And when you drink deadly poison, it will not hurt you at all. You will place your hands on sick people and they will get well. Are you guys with me? And then he carries on and he's saying that, listen, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to him, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them. And he confirmed what? His word By what? By the signs that accompanied it. But now listen, this is powerful because you must become that sign. Which means that the word that you speak, you will also become the sign that follow the word that you speak. But now we can go a little bit deeper because you've also become the very word of God in flesh. So God will confirm you as a sign to a dying and broken world that they through you might just believe and so receive salvation. I hope there's someone that is listening in this morning. Are you guys with me saying that, listen, Jesus said, go and preach the gospel. But now when we take that statement, go and preach the gospel, we have to take all of the gospels into account. We have to think about Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because all of them gave crucial information about the last words spoken by Jesus before he was taken up into heaven. And so Mark right here that I've just quoted said, go and preach the gospel to all creation. Go. Matthew says, go and make disciples of all nations. God is saying, behold, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. Luke says, go and wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are imbued, baptized with, filled with, power from an eye, until you receive the gift of whom you have heard me speak of, that my Father will send, until you receive another helper, which is the Alos Parakletos, which is the Holy Spirit, go and wait in the city of Jerusalem, until you are imbued with power from an eye, and so when we now take that, we can link it up with Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power. Go and wait until you receive power. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Are you guys with me? So Jesus said that, listen, all these signs will follow those who believe. But before you go, you must first go and receive something. You must first go and get this power from an eye. So all three gospels said, go. But before you go, you must first get something. Because when you get the something, the moment that you receive it, after you receive it, the signs will start to follow you. And so we get to the book of Acts, chapter 2. And we find the disciples sitting in. I'm going to close off. I'm going to land now. So put your seatbelt on. And we find the disciples in the upper room waiting. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where all of them were seated. And they were seen cloven tongues as of fire, dividing themselves, who sat upon each and every one of them. And they were all filled where? In the innermost being, with the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. Say, speaking in other tongues. Say again, say, speaking in other tongues. When you read that in Acts chapter 2, the very next chapter, we find Peter, who many times tried to preach with, to no avail, who tried to cast out demons, could not battle, asking Jesus, Why could I not do it? but you could do it so easily. Suddenly comes on the scene after this event. And the Bible records him preaching one of his most powerful sermons yet. 3,000 people coming to salvation. At one moment, as he now speaks with a convicting power that simply could not be ignored. Why? There was a divine additive. From heaven that was now added to the equation that changed the scenario as he was now filled with the Holy Spirit, and suddenly rushing rivers of living water was coming out of his innermost being. Listen, he was full with the spirits, but yet there is something that he did that have caused the river to flow. Can I get into it? He was filled with the Spirit, but there's something that he did before he went and preached that sermon that have caused this river to start to flow. Let me tell you that you are in charge and in command of that river flowing in and out of you. You can cause it to stop and you can cause it to flow at any given moment in time. Want to know how? just given it to you actually. Put on the screen for your first book of Corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 King James. Almost there. Give me two minutes. Oh, if I hear speed bump, I'm sorry. Follow after the charity. Okay, let just, let's just stop there. Charity in modern day terms is many times understood by many to give all things to the poor and needy. Or to help the poor and needy. But In this context, the word charity means love. In fact, it means the love of God. It means the fullness of the love of Christ. Are you guys with me? Listen, God wants His river to flow here on this earth. There are multitudes who are dying, broken, struggling. And they are seeking an answer that the world cannot provide, nor does it have the answer. The answer is only found in this river of life. Say, in this river of life. And where does this river come from? From me. Say, from me. you need acne, Say, from me. You are the temple of God, and this river flows out of you. Are you guys with me? So. Taking Mark chapter 16, where it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to a creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. If I take that into consideration with what I've just read, follow after charity, then I can boldly make the following statement Follow after love, and these signs will follow you. Follow after love. And these signs will follow you. Let me explain. You see, everyone who believes becomes followers of Christ, which means that you will also walk in the love of Christ. Am I right? And the book of Mark clearly stated that these signs will follow those who believe. So if you follow love, signs will follow you. Okay, let's go a little bit deeper. Who is this love? First book of John, put on the screen for me. First book of John, chapter 4, verse 15, King James. Powerful passage of Scripture. One of those that you want to know of by heart. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Wow. God dwells in him. And he in God. Let me just quickly do something. Turn to your neighbor. Confess Jesus. Ah, people don't even know how to do that. How do I confess Jesus? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Congratulations, you have just confessed Jesus Christ. Which means that God dwells in you. And human God, you would not have been able to have spoken those words with the convicting power that you did if you were not filled with the Holy Spirit because He is the Spirit of testimony, which means that He testifies about the Lord Jesus Christ. It gets better. Put on for me again. First book of John chapter, where is it? 415. Carry on, verse 16. Listen to this. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God. And God in him. Oh, wow. I don't know if you're reading the same stuff that I'm reading. Are you guys with me? Carry on. Verse 17. This is the, we all know this one. are in his love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we. <laughs> In this world, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, cast out fear, because fear has got to do with torment. He that still fears, have not yet been made perfect in love. Not gained knowledge, full knowledge, have not yet become intimately familiar with the love of Christ. Are you guys with me? So God is love. So if I follow the things of God, the things of God will follow me. It is as simple as that. Are you guys with me? But... Carry on. Let's where is that passage of scripture? First book of Corinthians, chapter 14, verse 1. Put on for me the amplified classic. Almost done, almost done. I can't leave it there now. I need to. I'm almost there. First book of yes. Okay, listen to this. Eagerly pursue and seek to acquire this love. Make it your aim, your great quest. Are you guys with me? So follow the things of God and these things will follow you. But we must eagerly and earnestly desire, say the gifts. Say the gifts. Desire is a very strong word. It means to crave with the entirety of your being. I wanna, almost want to use the word to last after. Are you guys with me? Amen. Go with me to verse 2. Well, noted on the time. Thank you. Okay, we can do this. Listen to this. Now I'm going to get to the key. But why cause this river to flow? For one who speaks in an unknown tongue. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, albeit in the spirit. He speaks mysteries. Are you guys with me? So we need to get back to the basics. That will cause this power of God to start to flow in and through our lives. So you guys with me? I want to, again. I want you to take note of the very first gift the disciples received after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was not the gift of prophecy, it was not the gift of, of healing, it was not the gift of knowledge, it was not the gift. The very first gift the apostles received, the disciples received after being filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Are you guys with me? Jesus Christ then speaks about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 7 I've shown you, saying that He will be a river that will come forth from your innermost being out of your heart. And this was spoken of the Holy Spirit that was not yet poured out because Jesus was not glorified. But then Jesus was glorified through His death, birth, death, and resurrection. Amen. And the disciples are now waiting, and all of a sudden, here comes the Holy Spirit. So what happens after the Holy Spirit came into the room? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. That's it, nothing else. They spoke in other tongues. We search after all these glorious gifts. And yes, the Bible says, earnestly desire the gifts. But Pastor Martin speaking in tongues. is so basic. Speaking in tongues is as supernatural as raising the dead. Speaking in tongues is as supernatural as raising the dead. Are you guys with me? First Book of Corinthians, Chapter Fourteen, Verse Two, Amplified. Last, and it says that. Listen, when I speak in other tongues, I'm just going to paraphrase that. Then I'm speaking the mysteries, the secret truths, the hidden things of God. So when I speak in an unknown tongue, you are speaking the mysteries, which means no man can understand it. Are you guys with me? I'm just going to run through a few scriptures quickly. First book of Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. It says, I have not seen nor ear heard. Come on, we all know that passage of scripture. Nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God have prepared for those who love him. But God have revealed them unto us by his. Oh, do I have Bible students here? By his spirit, first book of Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14, King James, but the natural man received not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because thou are discern. And then again, Romans chapter 8 verse 26, King James, likewise the spirit also helps us in our infirmities, for we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself makes intercession for us. With groanings that cannot be uttered. Now, many times, many have thought this phrase cannot be uttered to mean something that cannot be spoken. No. When we look at a broader translation, it rather means or speaks of a speech that is of ununderstandable languages. So it does not mean something that cannot be spoken, but rather that it's a language that is spoken that cannot be understood by the carnal, natural mind. Are you guys with me? Amen. I'm closing off. Just stay with me. First book of Corinthians chapter 14 verse 14, New King James. And it says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Amplified classic. says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, within me prays, but my mind is unproductive with means I cannot understand it with my carnal mind. It comes from my innermost being. Kereva shake eteri, bezi ende ne mahandana massa andano. Hende deva shake eteri, handada wundene, yenada massa andada wundene ma. Hende deva shake mahandana no. Si yenada bahandanema. Hende deva shake eteri vasi La ruskete deva andere this that I'm praying right now the Bible says is what I do not know how to pray for in any known natural language for no man can understand it you guys with me but my spirit I start to speak the mysteries of God meaning the things that only God knows when I pray in other tongues I speak the things and God starts to pray through me the things that I need that I don't even know that I need amen the most powerful sign that follows a belief, It is not healing the sick. It is indeed praying in tongues. Why? Because that is the very source of the river. First book of Corinthians chapter 14, 22, New King James. Tongues are a sign not to believers, but to unbelievers. Are you guys with me? First Book of Corinthians, fourteen, verse four, Amplified Classic. He who speaks in a strange tongue, edifies, I'm closing off with this, <laughs> edifies himself and improves himself. Oh wow! Remember, you are a temple of God. He who speaks in an unknown tongue, edifies and imp- it on the board and improves himself. Let's just stop there and focus on that for a moment. What does it mean to edify and to improve? It means to strengthen, it means to fortify, and it means to increase in value. So how do I increase the value of a property? By adding the right things to it. But many times I have to increase the volume of the property. I have to enlarge the property so that I can add. I don't know if someone is hearing me spiritually right now. Are you guys with me? Let me explain. Faith is the foundation of this temple of God. So when I, through faith by Christ, receive the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of Christ Jesus into my heart, then I become the temple of God. And this temple is built upon a foundation known as faith. Are you guys with me? But now I need to add to this faith to increase in value. Second book of Peter, chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. But also, therefore, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge. (sighs) Knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are with you and abound, You will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you guys with me? I must stretch and increase my spiritual capacity so that I can add by praying in unknown tongues. Amen. When I'm praying in tongues, I'm building up my temple, which is the temple of God. I can prove it. Put on the screen for me last, last scripture. Jude verse 20 and 21 okay Jude chapter 1 verse 20 and 21 and I'm leaving you with this but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith which is the foundation of this temple praying in the Holy Spirit keep yourselves in the And we complete the circle where we started. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. Praying in other tongues is the very principle of God that will cause you to move in the power of God. In the book of Isaiah, it says that with stammering lips, he will speak to his people, but they did not hear him. The question is, will you hear him this morning? When I start praying in tongues under the river starts to flow and that river is the presence of the Holy Spirit. The moment I stop, the river stops. Better to shake it than to flow. Let a wonder that may end that I ban that I need. Hand that I'm not to Build myself up. Better to shake it when you are down and weary. Get up and open your mouth. Let a wonder that may end that i Hand that I ban shake it And that river will start to flow, and it will start to flow until you become like a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden, Bring salvation to a dying and broken world. Will you hear in this morning? And will you take these things and apply them to your life? That is the question, Ghana Church. Hope that you've enjoyed the message. I wanted to stir you up for tonight's Going into this new year, prophet said that you will have to pray like never before. I hope that you take into account the words that I've spoken in this morning. Are you guys with me? Just stand with me as we just close the service in prayer. Father, we thank you. And this morning for your presence, we thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the words you have released into the atmosphere. I pray that it become real. To your people that they will have the skill to understand and to apply father we give you all the glory we give you all the honor and we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ